Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, welcome to this week's Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And um, some important issues again raised, um, of course, on Countryside a few weeks ago. We heard the concerns raised by the farming industry, um, particularly about agriculture, from the president of the Manx National Farmers Union, Brian Brumby. And uh, Richard Ronan um, is going to respond to those comments um, on this week's programme, just to you know maybe clarify a few pieces and give the the department's uh, view on it. So uh, pretty interesting stuff in there, and it's not all um, roses certainly yet in the industry, is it, by the sound of things? No, but they're both very important to agriculture. Obviously, the views from the farmers themselves, and obviously the response and direction from the government. Um, it is testing times. We'll have to see how we go ahead, but uh, global markets aren't helping the situation and yeah, hopefully things will go forward. And also, of course, the the, the weather we've been having recently has just been quite <laughs> a bit up and down with the sun shining at last, but then a bit of, of snow showers and things like that. But it's brought a, a bit of the grass on, certainly. And, of course, um, the, the spring marts have been started as well, haven't they? Yeah, we went off to the mart there on Wednesday and a lot of farmers about lot of nice cattle presented. Prices were back a little bit, but uh, hopefully if we get a bit of sunshine and things will improve. Um, you know, it's it's been snow. You know, have you had snow in Jerby? Yeah, no, not in Jerby. <laughs> Never any bad weather there. A bit of wind maybe sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's some strange diets as well we have up there. But it it is nice to see that uh, everyone get, you know going to the mart still and and still keeping an eye on things. People certainly haven't given up. No, that's it. It's just a little bit um, bit short of confidence, I think, more so. There's a little bit of uh, unknown coming in agriculture at the minute. Uh, influxes of meat from around the world hasn't helped. OK, here's this week's Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, a couple of weeks ago on Countryside, we heard from the president of the Manx National Farmers Union, Brian Brumbry, outlining his concerns about the future of the agricultural industry here on the Isle of Man. I caught up with DEFA Minister Richard Ronan to get his response to those comments. Let's be clear, you know, I I fully understand the concerns of the agriculture industry. I always have, and this is why, you know, I've been sort of keen to sort of drive through sort of some sort of changes and some form of uh, new way of thinking. And, uh, you know, with the, the support of the agriculture industry, which I have, you know, let, let's be clear as well, you know, we all understand that, you know, the world commodity prices are low at the minute. You know, the agriculture industry is coming out of a very wet winter, sort of now flat out with their planting, carving and lambing. And there's, there's also concerns and angst and debate about the ongoing issues at the meat plant. And, uh, you know, it, it, let's be clear, Simon, it's a, it's a tough industry to be in. But, you know, they do a great job in, you know, looking after our landscape and providing us with great quality food. But, of course, the concerns, I suppose, mainly uh, for the farmer, but it's happening all around, like you said, are the prices they're getting paid and wondering why they're not getting paid as much. And, of course, concerns that money might be diverted elsewhere. This is certainly with the, the grant structure which we talked about. But at the end of the day, this is a consultation and this has already been agreed to in the, in the in the food matter strategy well over a year ago was signed up and agreed to so I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned and, and perplexed if you like you know where the concerns came from and you know I think really there's 
fundamental differences of approach to some leadership in the industry. You know, I think really, you know, they're they're lobbying for increased protection and support of subsidy, which you know I feel sort of avoids the need to change. What we're trying to do, all of us really here now, is trying to boost productivity, diversification, and investment to make more money available for farmers and ultimately support the economy. You know, we have some wonderful farmers over here, and I've I've met many of them. But it's like every industry; not not everybody's as good as each other. The industry should be striving, in my opinion, to do the best as they possibly can. Farmers must be realistic about their returns from the market, which is the point you just made. We've always had this argument about we must have equivalency, equivalency which equates to the UK. The Webster report that's came out recently to say that you know what we have to do is maximise our market and maximise the product going out. So to constantly saying, you know, we want what they get, we've got to maximise what we can get ourselves. I think as well, there's been a, a misconception that the Food Matters strategy is only for niche and artisan producers. You know, this is absolutely not the case. Agriculture is an integral part of the food chain, but it's clear it's not a special case. The three themes of the, the strategy were diversification, competition and market focus. You know, and this applies to all areas of agriculture and food. And this is plus non-food diversification as well. All we're doing with the grant structure really here now is consulting on how best to support the farmers to improve their profits from the market, basically to access new markets and to add value to invest in their future. I suppose one of the concerns from the people who are the general public is that uh, giving money away to the agricultural thing just for them to, <laughs> the perception of drive around in the big four by fours and stuff, where at the end of it, if, if people are going to be encouraged to diversify, obviously the profits are so low that they need something to help them on their way with it. Is that fair to say? Nobody's ever argued about the need for support. I think this is absolutely clear. And what I've said is about the £7 million which is it's, it's, it's non-questionable as far as what, I'm What is the seven million? Well, it's the Agricultural Development Scheme, the old countryside care scheme. You know, they, they just, you know what I will say is I've, I've lobbied and fought as hard as I possibly can to retain them levels of support. There's immense pressure on the department to find ways to reduce that and other parts of our department as well. So trust me, you know, this isn't, this isn't a clear case of it will be given just as an automatic, you know. We're getting demands from Treasury, really, which is saying, you know, where are the improvements? How is this going to better our economy? And this is why we've done what we've done regarding the strategy, to see how ways we can grow the economy regarding the agriculture industry. So I'm not questioning that. What we're saying is the grant structure is really what we, there's a few areas of, of support that can be got through grants. And what we're saying is let's simplify that. One of the first things I said when I, when I became minister was, you know, well, let's look at these and find better ways to, to invest that money and to grow their businesses. And this is a consultation. And I, I really don't know what the problem is with this. You know, we need the views on what would make a difference. And that's all we're asking right now. And to get to say, you know, this protectionist approach to say, you know, get our, your hands off our money. And what we're trying to do here now is to, only to help and facilitate the growth of each and every business. Can't help, though, I suppose, with some of the butchers and big supermarkets importing various meats into the island, probably cheaper prices. Yeah, well, that's it. It's competition, I suppose. You know, I've I've had calls of of many people, and you know, only recently I was speaking to somebody to say, you know, the the salesmen who are going round farms and from the UK saying basically X, Y, and Z. I'll give you five, ten thousand pound, whatever it may be, for what he's looking at. That money is probably available instantly. 
You know, so as a business and a going concern, I can understand as a business for myself. What does that business do? It has to make a choice. Does it put it through the meat plant? Or does it take the money available which goes on to live export or ultimately for, for breeding purposes? So I understand that. And then businesses have to make them decisions for themselves. What we have to do is to create an environment that the area of choice would be to put it through our local meat plant. But as we know, there are problems with that right now. Well, you mentioned the meat plant there. I mean, maybe I'm a bit simple in, in some respects, simple yeah, Simon. Absolutely not. But to me, how about selling the meat plant building, the machinery in it, setting up a new one with maybe a quarter of the machinery and make it five times more efficient? I think in fairness to say that, you know, the meat plant, we have what we have with the size of it and the investment that's gone into it. There's no hiding from the fact that there's that there's issues down there. I think that, that there has been for, for many, many years. You know, as far as I can see it, the food sector should have a, a close and trusting working relationship, basically all working together to achieve fair profits for each stage of the food chain, you know, currently, you know, I think it's fair to say there are disconnected groups in conflict with each other. And I think it's fair to say it's a them and us position. The farmers operated in cooperatives, but, you know, the meat sector, there's no sort of collective buy-in for the cooperative. You know, and somebody said to me, it's it's arguably the most uncooperative cooperative you can have. You know, it, it, it's a shame, you know, the meat plant, as far as I can see, and know the, the current business is, is not fit for purpose. This has been led for, by the... 2010 derogation I'd say is responsible for the current position not just there there now is because there's competition but you know the lack of competition before derogation prevented the industry from evolving the Alaman Meats business plan presented basically to me this is something which I asked for it, is, it definitely doesn't represent good value for money nor does the, the, the current manager I think it's fair to say have widespread confidence of the industry don't forget that the plant has been run under different models in the past. You know, I can see that it was a long time ago, and you know, and that includes, as you, as you mentioned, you know, external contractors. DEFA at the minute and myself are checking legislation to understand the, the options available, you know, regarding alternative provision, you know, of the current meat plant. You know, farmers, as far as I'm concerned, have got to be realistic regarding the prices at Alaman Meats. We need to make fair comparisons of the real prices paid and after deductions and benefits, not just simple headline prices. I think as well, you know, as a net, a net exporter, I think we're more like Northern and, and Southern Ireland who receive lower prices than their, their UK counterparts. I believe sort of most farmers sort of know this, but some choose to, to keep lobbying and, and I hate to say this, but hoping for more money. I think you know, this distracts us all from from using the use of productivity and diversification, you know, which is at the hands of the individual businesses. And I know it's currently tough. I think that's due to commodities and sort of world prices. But, they, you know, they still lobbied when the prices, were, you know, were high and with hindsight, very good. But some people will say some things are slow in government, yet some other things can be put through fairly speedily if required, so to speak. The sort of talk about the meat plant seems to have gone on for years and, and still it's the same. Yeah, and I think I think it's probably fair to say we're at probably tipping point with this now. And as I say, we've had two business plans, one internal and one we brought, oh, the, the, sorry, we didn't bring in, the, the, the Fat Stock Management Association brought in consultants to, to give us a business plan. And as I said, you know, I, I don't believe that business plan gives us the options we need. And uh, so I think it's uh, something has to happen. As I say, really, we'll we'll be working on that shortly. So where's the industry go from here? <sighs> I think it's a great question, isn't it? And I think we're not alone. You know, there's many places around the world having exactly the same problems as as we're having. 
I see the sort of great opportunities. There's no doubt about it. And this is why I passionately believe in what we're doing with the, the, the food strategy and, and hopefully engaging the industry going forward. You know, I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, around 400 farms on the Isle of Man. Well, you've got to ask yourself, I, I, is that arguably too many? I think, you know, we, we always recognise the need for consolidation and, and, and sort of a traditional period from 2008 was to provide options for uh, diversification or to go out to the farming industry. I think also that we have to look at, you know, the sort of freeing up of land for expanding new businesses. I think another area as well, which you, you talk about the politics of this, you know, I think politicians have in the past undoubtedly in my opinion, avoided some of the difficult decisions and messages around agriculture. Protectionism, sort of, rather than competition and innovation, has been sort of, I think, the default position. And I'm really concerned, you know, farmers, I feel, out there, this is the message I'm getting back, you know, understandably frightened of the challenge, you know, what we have is in the status quo, but it's their livelihood, it's their businesses, you know, it goes back generations, I understand that. But we have to change. There's no doubt about it. You know, can we keep the levels of support up, which the industry needs right now? But it has to demonstrate. It has the ability. It has the ability to change. You know, I think as well. So I'm doing what I'm saying. You know, I have to touch and sort of certainly the comments that were made. You know, we're very grateful for the industry support. What was achieved for you know, which was a wonderful achievement. You know, for UNESCO status. You know, which provides massive marketing opportunities for the food sector going forward. But I was disappointed and, and I think I can quite clearly say shocked by the comments from the, the MFU suggesting that failure to support farmers will affect our biosphere status. Trying to leverage financial support by threatening this island-wide ecolide is definitely short-sighted and very disappointing. There is much to gain from work, us working together and this accolade to grow the food, the food sector, tourism and other industries. You know, and The ink was barely dry on that, on that document and, and that was disappointing there's no doubt about it that, that the agriculture industry play a huge part in this but let's not use it as a tool to try and leave it more money this is an opportunity for the industry to to acknowledge what, what natural treasures we have over here this is what i've always said we're just not very good at extracting this it's not just the agriculture industry this is right across the board the alaman it needs to be more responsive it needs to be better at marketing itself we're sitting on a jewel here and let's market it the best way we can Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture Minister Richard Ronan. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Guild is over for another year, uh, Kerry. I didn't see her on the stage, but uh, a fantastic win for Paul Costain, the Cleveland medal. All his years of trying, all the trials and tribulations we heard beforehand with cows and calves getting stuck and things. and Not the ideal preparation, but, you know, it couldn't have gone to a nicer fella. And I'm sure uh, John Kenyuk is one man who will be certainly proud uh, that Paul Costain has finally won that Cleveland medal. Is a super event, and sometimes you can even hear Paul singing on the farm, practicing away. We had a young vet student with us, and he said, "Oh yes, Paul does sing at home." We thought it was only a joke, but that's how he practices. Yeah, and I suppose it's the perfect time, isn't it? Because you know, a lot of people find like plants, aren't they? They they have a chat with the cows as well, <laughs> while, while the milk. And I know a lot of dairy farmers that have a chat with them. And I suppose it's like the 
the one man and his dog, the sheepdog. My my brother had the sheepdog for years, and you just see them walking off together, and you could see his lips moving. There was no, no one else <laughs> Best around. Friends. Yeah, telling all the trials and tribulations, isn't it? But it, it's it's wonderful that the the history that the guild has got with a lot of people involved in the Isle of Man countryside, isn't it? It really is. Lots of farm and folk take part, and they they go every year and. It's it's a great platform for any, I suppose, school children to get started singing, to go into acting and drama and, and all the things that come with it later in life. But it gives you great confidence as well. And, yeah, it's it's really well supported by the farming community. Yeah, any of the Kermode family ever been in for the Cleveland medal? No, my mother should have continued singing. She's very good. And uh, Noel from the Friary has always tried to encourage her. But uh, she's chickened out so far, but... There's always time. Yeah, and uh, obviously Peter Quayle, uh, memories of the Farmers Quartet as well in the past. And uh, I think uh, you met up with uh, Peter this week, didn't you? Yes, I went along to the Spring Mart to see how things were going in the farming community. And they were having their first sale of the year. And of course, Peter's the auctioneer and I had a chat with him to see how things were going. So Peter, it's the first main mart of the spring. 30 plus beef cattle, a few dairy crosses. How do you think it went today? Big concern. It was, we always thought it might be a slow start. The way the weather's been, it's been a difficult uh, winter. It's been so wet right through. But just this last week, uh, we're the 27th of March today, which uh, it's so cold and bits of snow on the hills. Uh, grass has been very slow. So for people to buy and then to be able to turn straight out, it's just maybe hopefully in another few days' time and things warm up and get the grass growing and there'll be a bit more demand but it's a long winter isn't it you know it's been a very wet winter like you said and with with snow being around there's still a lot of cattle in the long winters are very costly people have bought stock at in the back end that they still got inside and and they're turning them out now but the cattle today they seemed a little less in price than they should be this time of year and uh, like you say it's a very expensive time keeping them through the winter it takes a lot of work commitment and expensive so, so when people do buy them in the autumn as, as younger off the cows then hopefully they're going to grow on and be in a decent size ready to go out in the spring and, and jump with the grass but it just hasn't happened so far but we're hoping maybe in the next week or so things will improve the prices in the UK and the world prices are not helping and we find it difficult when our farmers are expected to meet such high welfare standards and farm assurance standards and then beef from Australia and Argentina and other countries that we had known nothing about their welfare standards and yet the supermarkets are happy to pay a lower price for them and use that as a yardstick to pay prices for Manx and British beef. It's a long road. It seems to be going down that way. The global market seems to be influxing into Britain. You know, How does the Manx farmer cope with this? Because we've obviously got the cost of the ferry and you know the import and exports of materials yeah, how do you see the, the farmers coping over here? They're always optimistic. Um, fine weather and the grass makes things improve. But to try and compete with other countries is it's just making a lot more difficult than it used to be. Uh, the meat plant is supposedly getting their act together and um, giving the farmers a better price from that. But it's still not good enough to when it doesn't compare with other countries when we have such higher costs. So it's a bit of an trepidation and uh, anxiety may be looking forward we always try to be optimistic but it's only so long for so long that people can continue to try and hold out and hope things will improve when um, 
sometimes they've got worse. Today's cattle, most of those were bought by a gentleman that would export on a regular basis. Do you think this helps local economy? We need the exporters uh, around the ringside to keep the price decent. Some of the best cattle are exported. Some of the Manx buyers during the autumn, they were our best buyers and nearly all those cattle stayed on the island. I don't think there's room to keep all the stock on the island, so it does bring new money in, but we always need to be, have one eye on the meat plants to supply our local needs and make sure that that's always met and a good quality is always readily available. And how do you see the summer summertime coming? There's, there's plenty of cattle entered for sale here at, at Central Marts. I wouldn't say plenty. We've got um, a few coming each week for a few weeks, but it's always quiet in the springtime. The autumn is the busy time when the calves are weaned and we hope that there will be that continual trade. But the last couple of years, people, the farmers have paid good prices and they need to be good prices because the cost of keeping a cow for the year to sell one calf in the autumn, those farmers, the breeders, need a good price. Otherwise, the whole Manx agriculture will fall down. And similarly with lambs and people keeping sheep all year and there's got to be females to sell and replacement ewes. So the, hopefully there will continue to be a market, but just um, knowing how successful it's going to be, there's an awful lot of questions to be answered and we need some improvement in prices. Farmers don't seem to be very confident. There's a lot of negative talk, especially here today in the, in the mart itself. You know, it's the unknown. It's very worrying times. You know, bills have to be paid. And with prices that today aren't overly great and, you know, in the earlier in the springtime, you know, it does, it's, a, it's a very worrying time for younger farmers coming into the industry. Yeah, and I think so, some of the prices today weren't too bad in the middle. Um, David Kenyon had some real nice limbs and crosses and some of those prices were quite good. I think a lot of people came today with it being nearly the first sale that they just wanted to see what prices were like. If the grass was a lot better than it is, then I think prices would have been better. Um, we just have to wait and see. The other day I was just walking through the field and the grass was up to, yeah, up to my ankle and I thought, that's pretty good, but then I realised <laughs> that I was in my neighbour's field. <laughs> yeah, it's the same the our way. always greener. Yeah. Well, thanks, Peter, and hopefully in the next few months we'll be able to catch up again and things might be a little bit more positive, maybe. Yes, yeah, we get the warmer weather and um, people just change, you know, the weather makes such a difference, so we get that growth and there's lots of calves and lambs being born and so we see them grow and it's... We always try to be optimistic. That was Peter Quayle from Central Marts. Well, was there a, a lot of livestock there at the, at the mart? It was good quality livestock there. There was a right cross-section of cattle from dairy stock to, to full beef stock. And there was a lot of people around. And there wasn't very much confidence in the buying, but it's only early days yet. So hopefully it'll pick up as spring comes on and the, and the sun comes out. It would help. Yeah, well, the sun has been out, but it's been a bit of a mixed bag again, uh, weather-wise, certainly. I mean, you know, it's sunny one day, it's blowing a gale, um, there was snow on the hills, and, and last week when I come over the slock, it was snowing as well. So it's pretty difficult conditions because, obviously, people have been planting um, you know, potatoes and seeds and all sorts of things at this time of year, haven't they, in the crops? It's a very slow spring, and it's really starting to show. Some of the stock have gone out, and, you know, they haven't blossomed, they, they've They've gone backwards, if anything, and the weather plays a big role in agriculture now, and it certainly keeps the costs down. And if you're still feeding livestock at this time of year, it's not May, and yeah, it's a bit of a worry, really. 
Yeah, one thing uh, I suppose people don't realise, you know, when when it's very windy out as well, a lot of the animals shelter on particular hedges, you know, where to shelter from the wind, and that can have effect as well because they they're not eating maybe the lush, the most luscious grass that's in the field, you know, they're just eating round about where the shelter is. That's right, they do churn up the field still, you know, there's still a lot of ground moisture about and. It's the ground still quite cold, even for the crops. Some of them have gone in around us in the south, but uh, yeah, they haven't been on with rollers or anything yet, getting it all put in. But hopefully, the the heat will come and it'll it'll certainly change the countryside anyway. Yes, we look forward to the summer. I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Well, just before we go this week, the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, uh, of course, are having a public meeting uh, where they're keeping the public informed over the future of Nokalo Farm over there in Patrick. This meeting was originally scheduled at the Patrick Church Hall for Wednesday the 11th of May. Uh, This has been changed now to Thursday the 19th of May. All right, so just a note, the public meeting over the future of Nokalo this has changed now uh, and now will be held on Thursday the 19th of May. Uh, it starts at 7pm and that will be at the Patrick Church Hall. And finally, finally, uh, just a, a message from the Wildlife Crime Officer uh, for the Isle of Man Constabulary to remind you that terns will be soon nesting on the beaches uh, at the airs at the north of the Isle of Man and areas of these will be fenced off to protect them. Obviously the nests and the eggs in there are very, very well camouflaged in with the stones so these areas will be fenced off and uh, it is a criminal offence if you breach these rules that are in place, of course, uh, to protect these and, uh, well, pretty rare that... Uh, Arctic terns are where they breed around different parts of the world and the Isle of Man's lucky enough uh, to be one of them. So let's not spoil that in any way at all. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there we are. You were listening there to Manx Radio's Countryside podcast uh, for this week. And uh, we'll be back at the same time uh, next week with more for you. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.